Well, hello everyone. It's time for church announcements heading your way. Hey, this Wednesday is our family fun night. It's going to be this Wednesday, July 19th from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. This is a completely free event for our community. We set up our church with our favorite bounce houses. We have human foosball, the obstacle course, the spaceship. Uh, all the favorites are coming out and it's going to be a great night in air-conditioned uh, Play center for the kids. Uh, great time. Invite your neighbors. Uh, we'll have hot dogs here. So great time this Wednesday, 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. There's also a link uh, in our app and on our website to sign up to volunteer. It takes a lot of uh, volunteers to make those events possible. And we really appreciate if you can help us. So please sign up to volunteer if you are able. Uh, another cool announcement coming up. We have our next newcomers lunch. Uh, that's going to be August 5th after the 11 o'clock service. If you've been coming to church uh, for the last few weeks or months and you'd like to meet the staff more, that's a great opportunity to do so. We go out on the front deck, we have some refreshments, and it'll be a very nice time. That's going to be August 5th after the 11 o'clock service. We'll have some more cool stuff heading your way soon. Keep downloading uh, those apps. We've got our two apps. We have our main church app where you can watch our services and stay in touch and sign up to volunteer for things like that. And our other uh, app, that's the white background, black text KV Church app. That's where you can find our postscript group uh, and a great way to connect with our online church community. So those are the announcements. With all of that being said, let's get ready for church. Woo! everybody online welcome glad to have you with us we're getting ready to hop in we're excited worship has been awesome this morning and now we're going to be able to spend that time with you so we're excited uh we're in our series sword sharpening we'll be starting out in genesis 12 if you want to get your bibles and get ready got some cool stuff to talk about so get a coffee get your bible get ready because here we go Woo! good morning family it's great to see your faces and hear your voices. We're looking forward to spending time with you all in worship and in the word. I'm going to tell you what we'll be attempting to do this morning. In case you don't know the flow, we're going to start things off with communion. Pastor Barry is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. And then Pastor Georgina will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through Bible verse. We will dismiss the kids off to Sunday school. And then we'll have our time in the word with Pastor Steve. We are in sword sharpening part Eight. Yes. And it's really good. Looking forward to diving in with you all. Before we do any of that, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? Papa, we ask that you would dwell here in our praise this morning. We thank you for the spirit of joy that you've put in our house, in your house. Papa, we ask that you would stir up our hearts. That as your word is taught to us, we can be good hearers and receivers and applicators. that your word takes root and changes us.
We thank you for what you've already been doing in our hearts and our lives, God. And we ask for more, Papa. Help us to draw closer to you. And empower us to keep loving lost kids back into your family. You are so good, Papa. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Lord God, you have prepared for those who love you such good things that surpass our understanding. Pour into our hearts such love towards you that we, loving you above all things, may obtain your promises, which exceed all that we can desire. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. Pastor Barry. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it. Saying, this is my body, which is for you. Take and eat and remember it to me. In the same manner, he took the cup. It was the last supper, the Passover celebration. A couple of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus took the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink in remembrance of me. There with his friends that night, Jesus gave us a lasting ordinance or remembrance that we call communion or the Lord's table or the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. So as his friends gathering this morning, we partake of this meal, the bread, the cup, the body and blood of the Lord. We want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. And we want to remember that he defeated death and rose again. And we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So this morning over here on the side of the sanctuary on this table are the elements of communion, the bread, the cup, the body, and the blood of the Lord. This table is open to all who believe. So as we worship in song, you feel led by the Spirit, please come and partake and remember and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Barry. Uh, We're going to enter now into our time of worship. And I always try to encourage us all to sing out, lift your voices, participate as we praise the Lord here in this place today. We're going to see the words on the screen so you can sing along with those. You're welcome to sit. Stand if you're able. There's a new name written down in glory, and it's mine. Jesus told me 
Can do. 
so thankful for this time of worship in your presence. And Father, as we're here in your presence, I'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken to us, that are taught to us. Use those words, God, to stir up our hearts towards you. And Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with those working with our children today. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, oh God. You are so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Good morning, everyone. Good to see you. We are continuing our Bible story found in Matthew chapter 6. And Jesus is still teaching on the mount. And he tells everyone, right? He tells God's people that when you give to the poor, do it in secret, right? So no one sees. And then he taught them how to pray. He taught them these two things, right? Because he wanted them to have the right motive, right? He wanted them to do, to give and to pray to be heard and to be seen by God, not to be seen by others, right? That's not why we do things. It's what he was teaching them. And then he taught them about forgiveness and the importance of it. He said, forgive others. Then the Lord God will forgive you, right? If you don't forgive others, the Lord will not forgive you, right? People who have been forgiven, much, right, can forgive much too, right? God doesn't want us to keep unforgiveness in our heart because it will make us bitter, it will make us feel yucky, right? So God doesn't want us to do that. He wants us to forgive. And then Jesus taught about treasures. He said, do not collect treasures here on earth, right? He said, collect treasures in heaven. And these treasures are things, right? Things that we want and we work towards this. And we spend all our lives towards that instead of the things of God, instead of loving him most and loving others and doing good deeds, right? He said, don't get distracted by these things because he told them where your treasure is, what you value most is where your heart will be too. And then he told them and reminded them how God provides for his people. God provides for you. Grayson, yeah. And he said in Matthew 6, 25, this is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, right? Isn't life more than food, he asked them, and isn't your body more than clothing? 
God reminded them that God takes care of the flowers and the birds, right? And he said, you are more important. You are more valuable than the birds and the flowers, right? So God takes care of you. When Jesus was done teaching, everyone was amazed. Can you show me an amazed face? <gasps> right, good job. Excellent. They were amazed because no one, and it's like Jesus, no one taught the way that he taught, right? Yes. So Jesus teaches us, little ones, how to live for him and what it looks like to follow him, right? Because people that love Jesus, they live to bring honor to God, the Father, right? Because we have been forgiven much. Amen? All right. Excellent. Okay, so now you guys get to do the Bible verse. Everybody ready to do it in one, with one voice? Ready? Repeat after me. Matthew six twenty five. Matthew six twenty five. This is why I tell you... Not to worry about everyday life. Not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink. Whether you have enough food and drink. Or enough clothes to wear. Or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food? Isn't life more than food? And your body more than clothing. And your body more than Excellent job, boys and girls. Good job. The children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And uh, there's a birthday. Will you guys help me sing happy birthday to somebody? It's Jen's birthday right over there. So we're going to sing her happy birthday. All right, ready? Here we go. Happy birthday to you. All right, Pastor Jordine is going to pray for you children, and then we'll send you off to Children's Church. All right, awesome. You guys ready? <laughs> All right, let's talk to the Lord, okay? How exciting. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for this day, Lord God. We thank you for all that you have in store for us today, Lord God. Help us to understand how to live for you. Help us to understand what it is to walk with you, Lord. In Jesus' name, what do we say, boys and girls? Amen. Excellent. Amen. Go have fun in Children's Church. Thank you, Pastor Learn, Georgina. Learn, listen, behave. If you've got to pick one, I'd go with behave. And enjoy the snacks. But learn. I always think of snacks. I don't know why. Thank you. <laughs> Good. You Welcome well. to the vineyard. So glad to have you with us. Welcome to those joining Absolutely. us online. Happy to have you here. That sounds weird because they're not really here, but you know what I mean. We're there. Whatever that looks yeah. like, welcome. Through the and camera. Yeah. If you're a first-time guest or visitor, that code that just popped up on the screen is for you. Point your smart device at it with a camera on. You'll get a link to our digital connect card, name, phone number, email. And uh, we will be sending you texts and emails for four or five weeks. Uh, so, And then they kind of taper off. Also, we have gifts for first-time guests back at guest services. If you didn't get one on your way in, stop by on your way out. Pick up a lovely little first-time gift that will probably have a coffee cup in it. They almost always Definitely do. Definitely has a yeah. So that's a good thing. Um, also, don't forget, coming up, uh, Douglas announced it, but 
um, Family Fun Night is Wednesday. That's a big community outreach we do. We take all the chairs out. Uh, we bring in a bunch of our bounce houses. We have a bunch of bounce houses. We set up seven or eight, all the really cool ones. And uh, then we invite the community to come over for the night. And uh, it's all free, 5.30 to 7.30. And the food truck's open with hot dogs and ice cream. It's a, it's a lot of fun. We get to meet a whole lot of new people. Um, and we need a bunch of volunteers. So if you can help us, uh, there's a link on the app, and you can say, hey, I'll be there, or just show up half an hour early, and we'll put you to work. Um, too many volunteers is a wonderful problem, uh, and I always say, don't worry if we don't have something specific for you. Just be an ambassador and go around and meet people. There are lots of new people in the room, and we want to say hello and welcome them to the church and to the community, and it's a great first-time connection. So Also, and for my daughter always says it's one night she doesn't have to cook dinner. Because yeah. she can feed her she kids, brings hot, kids dogs. Yes. hot dogs, yes. chips, and ice There's, cream. Yeah, it's like perfect. Exactly. It's like a treat. So that's this Wednesday. So uh, cool. Um, we also, we pray for our neighbors every time we gather corporately. We do this to reinforce what we ask you to do every day. Pray for the people who live around you. This, I, I sincerely believe, this is the most important, most significant ministry that any of us will ever engage in. So powerful. And we just need to keep at it. So think about a couple of your neighbors, and let's go to the Lord together. Papa, we lift up our neighbors to you. We ask God that you would move in their lives in mighty, mighty ways, that you would draw those who don't know you into relationship with you. Help us, God, to be good neighbors and to love our neighbors well. Bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, we're pressing on in our series called uh, Sword Sharpening. This is all about making the most of your time in the Bible. It is my heart that as we go through this series, at some point, if you're not already there, uh, something inside you would ignite that encourages you to read the Bible and that it won't be a chore if it is and it's something you'll look forward to and Holy Spirit will begin to show you all sorts of things that will change everything in your life. So what we're doing is we'd spent the first four weeks uh, sort of giving an overview and now we're taking time to break down the Bible into eight sections that I want you to remember. And in each section I'll give you three or four things that are sort of will help you summarize because... Most of us come into the story in Jesus, which is a really good part of the story, don't get me wrong, but we often don't learn the rest of the story. And when you know how all of the story fits together, what I've been saying lately is that the good news gets... Gooder. Gooder, thank you. <laughs> Highlighting the education there. Exactly. And it does. And, and I said you can even watch how the... When they were writing the, the beginning, you know, the, the first guys, the apostles, began to write their books, you could see the light bulbs going off because they knew the whole story, and then they saw how it fit when Jesus came. And we haven't always gone back and connected. And I think it changes everything. So that's what we're doing in these, uh, in these chunks, and I'll get back into that in just a moment. Let me do the bad jokes that we always do, and then Alice will pray for us and read the Scripture, and I'll get in. After an unsuccessful harvest, why did the farmer decide to try a career in music because he had a ton of sick beats. <laughs> so, this is my favorite, but it's so dumb. But they all are, I know. What's blue and not very heavy? Light blue. <laughs> that's the one that's going to, everybody's going to remember. 
That's the one. Okay. I was, Not this one. I was playing chess with my friend, and he said, let's make this interesting. So we stopped playing chess. Yes. <laughs> Sorry to you chess aficionados. I apologize. Please pray for us, Alice. Lead us in the reading of the word. I'm, I'm going to give it a shot, okay? Let's bow our heads and pray together. Thank you, Lord, for this day to come and to celebrate you and to worship you. And no matter what the circumstances of our life are, Papa, you come and you set us straight and you heal our minds and you restore our souls. You lead us by those still waters. You make us to lie down in green pastures. Let that be our, our heart's cry today as we listen to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? The text today is out of the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 8 through 10. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, who architect and builder is God. Blessed be the word of the Lord. Y'all can be seated. Wait, I need a sip of coffee because I got to talk for a long time. All right, so we are uh, breaking the Bible down into these eight sections. And uh, in each section, I I want you to try and remember two or three things and remember the sections. I think it's going to be really helpful. So we started a couple of weeks ago, and uh, uh, we started with Kingdom Revealed. Kingdom Revealed. That's Genesis 1 and 2. I know it's not a lot, but there's a lot happening in those first two chapters. And what I want you to remember out of there is the idea of a cosmic temple. That's what God is doing. He's creating a place where heaven and earth meet, and that God's heart is for family. And He creates us, a human family, and He's also already created a um, divine family that we introduced as the little E Elohim. And the heart of God is that we'll all hang out together with God here on the planet And that's what he wants. That's the heart of God. And so you try and remember that's how it started. And then last week we jumped into the next chunk of verses, chapters in uh, Genesis uh, 3 through 11. And I said you need to remember that as kingdom rebellion. And what happens is part of that spiritual or divine family doesn't like God's plan of a human family. And all of the human family decides to rebel. And it plays out in three big rebellions, all that have consequences. And those three are the fall, the flood, and the Tower of Babel. That's what I want you to remember from that second chunk. And we'll get into it in a couple weeks. And Alice talked about it in the scripture reading last week. Also in that little chunk um, is a thing called the Crimson Thread of Redemption, which is Genesis 3.15. You should know that verse. And we'll build on that in a couple of weeks. All right? So those are the things I want you to remember so far. Today we're moving into this section. I call it Kingdom Covenant, where uh, the, the main things I want you to remember are actually people this time. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. And they take up Genesis 12 through 50. So our, our chunk of Scripture is a little bigger than it has been the last two weeks. Don't worry, it's nothing compared to next week, which is Exodus all the way to Second Kings. So... Uh, <laughs> 
but that's okay. If you can remember the, the sort of main things, then all of it begins to open up, and you get to see the flow. And, and listen, this story is so epic, um, and, and there's, it's so much better than any Marvel movie or any Star Wars movie or Star Trek series or any of those other things and the Spider-Man and all the different parallel things and all the weird stuff that's going on. This is so much more incredible than all of that, and yet we haven't conveyed very well how amazing the story is and how well it fits together and how it's inspired by God and what it looks like. And it's been reduced to like a rule book for a lot of people, and, and at that point is easily dismissed. And my concern is that we're at a place where if we don't convey to the next and the next generation how awesome this is, that they get consumed by the culture. But if they can get a hold of what's in here, they're, they're wired to pull into it, to look for the deeper parts of what's going on. It's just filled with them. And we're, when we get the whole story together, that begins to open up. And when you know it, then you can communicate it different. Because people will say, you know, they get stuck in the rules and they'll ask you a rule question and you go, no, you're missing the heart of God. God's heart is all about loving Him, loving others well. And then his plans to rescue all of us because we rebelled and we got in big trouble. So at the end of Genesis uh, chapter 11 last week, we were talking about the Tower of Babel. Uh, And I said Genesis 10 is kind of the consequences for Genesis 11. Don't get hung up on chronology. Uh, And that what happens at the Tower is God basically says to humanity, fine, you've rebelled against me. You don't want me. I'm going to give you to the authority of the Elohim, the little Elohim, sons of God, and he divides them into 70 nations. We also know, we don't know how they started, but over time all of those Elohim are corrupted, and they're the ones still behind everything that's going on on the planet that's bad. Uh, They're the rulers and the powers and the principalities and the authorities. That's them, and that's where they came from. And so God's saying, fine, you you want it? I'm going to put you under the authority of the Elohim, but he holds one nation for himself. That's the nation of Israel, and that starts with Abraham. And we learn about Abraham in Genesis 12. In Genesis 12, he's still Abram. He gets a ha added to his name later on, which is another really cool story about the breath of God, but I don't have time because i got to cover 38 chapters. <laughs> Let's look at Genesis 12. The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. And I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. And I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. This is the second covenant that God makes. A covenant is an agreement God makes with us because God wants to preserve humanity. God never swerves from his original plan. He wants a human family. Uh, And the first covenant he makes with Noah and he makes this one with Abraham. And, and so he never stops loving people, and he's working this way all the way till the end. And so, okay, well, he's got one nation. What about everybody else? What about all the people that went with the 70 nations? He hasn't given up on them either, and this is good news. Uh, and so that's where the Gentiles come from, that, that 70 nations. Uh, Gentile means not from Israel. So that's all that's happening. So there's, there's, so there's Jewish people and there's Gentiles. Gentiles are everybody else. But look what he does for the Gentiles in verse 3 of Genesis 12. 
I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So through this one nation that he keeps, there's a way back for all of the 70 nations. That's a very big deal. And even though we continue to rebel and go our own way, and consequences just abound, and all that mess happens, God remembers his prominent. God always keeps his end of the covenants he makes. We're not good at it, but he is. That's a big thank you Jesus moment. Um, he's going to defeat the enemy and all the evil that's released on the planet. And as you go through the Old Testament and the story and the plots and all the things that are happening, eventually it leads to Jesus, and Jesus comes from Abraham's lineage. Uh, He's the promised one, and he's the one who everything is pointing to, as we talked about when we started. And you can see that in Galatians 3, 26. For in Christ Jesus, you're all children of God through faith. It's a big deal. As many of you as were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, is the word. There's no longer slave or free. There's no longer male and female. For all of you are one in Christ Jesus. And you belong to Christ if you belong to Christ. Then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. So you get tied back into that covenant. That's how it happens. That happens in Jesus. Because God never gives up on humanity. And he's always moving towards them. But I want to talk about living by faith today because everything is pointing in that direction in this story. And it was so cool. And the the worship songs were almost all about living by faith and what that means. And in order to sort of summarize the patriarchs that I want you to remember, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, we're just going to do a lot of it in the book of Hebrews because the writer of Hebrews does a great job of summarizing what's happening. So let's read part of that. This was the scripture reading. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith... He made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. It goes on in verse 13. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on the earth. So what you need to see is that Abraham died without ever receiving that, the, the, seeing the fulfillment of the covenant that God gave him. Passed it to Isaac. Isaac died the same way. Uh, gave it to Jacob the same way. Jacob dies without seeing it. It happens with Joseph. And in fact, if you're reading Hebrews 11, it happens to everybody back then. Um, they all died before the promise came. Uh, verse 39, these were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. So you need to hang on to that because they were looking for a Messiah and they hadn't seen him yet. We'll see how that impacts us. So let's look a little more in Hebrews. By faith, verse 17, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had, been, uh, he who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it's through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. And Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. Now, I'm, I'm going to go back to that passage at the end of the message. So bear with me. But I, I want to make a big connection there because I think it's important. But I want to talk about these other guys real quick. And um, their, their lives are summarized in Hebrews 11:20 20 through 22. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. 
By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff. And by faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exit of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his bones. Um, those verses, I mean, it's short and uh, it seems a little cryptic and you're not given a whole lot of information, but you need to know that the people who it was written to, it's the book of Hebrews, so the book was written to Jewish believers who knew the story. So they, they, they made the connections right away. We might not know the story because we haven't gone back and spent time there the way we need to, but they did. So the, the story was familiar and, and they, they were able to connect with what was happening because the passage is pointing them uh, as people who demonstrated faith even in the face of death. And what you need to know about these guys uh, and their spouses and everybody involved, they're, they're commended as the heroes of our faith in Hebrews 11. And yet, I'm trying to figure out how I want to say it. Uh, these giants of the faith make a lot of bad choices in their life. Anybody here ever make a bad choice? Why I love the Bible is it keeps these stories in there. Because if all you ever saw was that everybody in the Bible never made a mistake and did everything right, you'd, you'd just give up. But they make tons of mistakes, lots of them. But they have this trust and this faith in God that keeps pressing them onward. And that's important that we get a hold of that. And, and, and they believe at the end of their lives, even though they haven't seen the promises they're looking for, that they know that God is going to do it and that he's faithful. And, and so th- that's what they hang on. They hang on to those promises that God's going to fulfill this covenant even if they haven't seen it in their lifetimes. And why the writer of Hebrews is putting that in there, because this is critical for everyone to understand and what they were addressing at the time and that we still have to address. Uh, it's, it's the most important message most of us need to hear is that salvation is by faith alone, not by works. It's by faith. And the Old Testament characters, their faith, the story people, their faith was in a promised Messiah, and that never changed. Salvation came from that faith. Some people, they'll ask me sometimes, it's a reasonable question, well, how did people in the Old Testament get saved? They say, was it by following the Ten Commandments? No. The Ten Commandments, we'll talk more about them next week, the Ten Words, were instructions for how people who'd already been saved and rescued and delivered to live as God's people. It wasn't the way to get saved. They'd already been saved and rescued in the Exodus. It was, this is how you should be living. And, and what salvation came through was a faith in the promised Messiah that they hadn't seen. And so that's how they get saved. It's the same for us. We're still saved by faith. Now we know that Jesus has come and does what he's done. And it's our faith in him that we're saved. But now all of us together are waiting for Jesus to come back And we still have a faith and a hope and a trust that God is going to do what he said he was going to do. Never forget the end of the story because it's better than most people have imagined because when you read Revelation 21 and 22, what you find out is that you're not designed to at some point, if you're a good person, float off and hang out on a cloud with a harp. That's not the end of the story. When you read the story, what happens is the new Jerusalem comes out of heaven where? To earth. It's been renewed and restored. And as believers, what do we get? New, physical, resurrected bodies that are perfect and incorruptible and they never fade and they never fail. And we get to spend forever and ever with God, hanging out with us and the people that we love and the, the divine beings as well. And we get to do it on this renewed planet just like he wanted to do in the beginning. Ah. <sighs> I'm looking forward to new knees. 
My wife said it was about hair. I don't get it, but just the big, you like the big fair faucet sort of thing happening? <laughs> this story's so amazing, but we've, we've shortened it and made it, so it's I'm like me. I've had people say to me, I'll be bored. You, well, but that's not the end of the story. Listen, if, if, you, if this wears out before Jesus has come back, you'll get to hang out, but it's not going to be boring even then. It's like, go read in Revelation about what's going on around the throne and the worship. You know, worship is, stirs our hearts sometimes because what happens is we're connecting with what's going on all the time around the throne with generations upon generations of believers who are just there going, holy, holy, holy. I, I just, I'm like so excited. I, when you get there, you're, because that's what's going to happen. You're caught up holy. Holy, holy, holy. And every now and again you'll see somebody, hey, holy, holy, holy. I'm so glad you're here. Holy, holy, holy. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. So the scripture makes it clear. Listen, salvation is by faith alone. You've got to hang on to that. And that's how it always is and how it always will be. Don't let the enemy try and convince you it's about your works and, and it's about following rules. It's not just about faith in what God has promised and what he's done. And let's look at these guys as examples that the writer of Hebrews points to of living by faith, even in the midst of life, that they didn't see everything that they'd hoped to see. So let's talk about Isaac first. Isaac, um, he, he lives longest of all the patriarchs, and yet he has the shortest amount of space in the Bible, three chapters, Genesis 25, 26, 27. You should go and hang out with them because it's cool. But 27.1, when Isaac was old and his eyes were so weak, this is how they did. They, when your eyes are weak in the Bible, you don't have much longer left. He could no longer see. He called for Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son, here I am, he answered. Isaac said, I'm now old uh, man, and I don't know the day of my death, but my eyes are bad, it's coming soon. Get your equipment, your quiver and your bow, and go out the open country, hunt some wild game for me. Prepare for me the kind of tasty food. I like that. Tasty food. Don't, don't make me something that's not tasty. Bring it to me to eat so that I may give you my blessing before I die. There's a lot going on that I can't get to, um, but Jacob kind of comes in and does a switcheroo with Esau because Jacob is the second born, and there's a lot of deception that goes on, and Jacob's the one that ends up getting the blessing. When you read these stories, you need to know, too, there's something that's happening that I don't have time for. But the second son is always the one in this chunk of story that gets the blessing. Right? Because it doesn't go to Ishmael, it goes to Isaac. And it doesn't go to Esau, it goes to Jacob. And then in the, in, it, it goes to Ephraim and not Manasseh in, in the next group. It never, it doesn't, and you go, well, why in the world is that happening? Because that's not the way it's supposed to happen. And I think it has to do with the fact that when Adam came as the first, he messed things up. And the second Adam, who's Jesus, got it right. And it's a picture of, anyway. So Isaac passes on the blessing and the promises. He didn't receive them, uh, but he's passing them on uh, as he's getting old. And, and it goes to Jacob. So let's, Jacob, real quick. Genesis 48.8. When Israel saw, so Jacob becomes Israel. That's his name. Because Jacob has a, means liar or deceiver. It's not a great name. Israel's much better. So he gets the name Israel. When Jacob saw all the sons of Joseph, he asked, who are these? They're the sons God has given me here. Joseph said to his father, and Israel said, Bring them to me so I may bless them. Israel's eyes were failing. I told you, that's when you look for the bad eyes. Uh, then he could hardly see. So Joseph brought his sons and, and uh, close to him, and his father kissed them and embraced them, and he blessed them on that day and said, In your name will Israel pronounce his blessing. May God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. And so he put Ephraim ahead of Manasseh. Cool story there is that Joseph sets them up in the order they should be, and... Uh, 
Jacob crosses his hands on the blessing. There's something up there going on. Anyway, uh, Israel said to Joseph, I'm about to die, but God will be with you and take you back to the land of your fathers. And uh, to you I give one more ridge of land than to your brothers, the ridge I took from the Amorites with my sword and my bow. So Jacob passes the blessing on, having not yet received the promise. That leaves us with Joseph. And at the end of Joseph's life, he gets that the promise has come and he hasn't seen it, and he wants his bones taken up out of Egypt. Don't leave me in this country. I want to go, whatever condition I'm in, to the promised land. Genesis 50, 22. Joseph stayed in Egypt along with all his father's family. He lived 110 years and saw the third generation of Ephraim's children and also the children of Maker, son of Manasseh, were placed at birth on Joseph's knees. And Joseph said to his brothers, I'm about to die, but God will surely come to your aid and take you up out of this land to the land he promised on oath to Abraham, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Joseph made the Israelites swear an oath and said, God will surely come to your aid, and then you must carry my bones up from this place. And Joseph died at the age of 110, and after they embalmed him, he was placed in a coffin in Egypt. So Joseph's about to die, and he says, listen... Get me out of here. Um, but he's hanging on to a promise. It's already over 200 years old. But none of these guys are wavering it. See, that's what living by faith is all about. They're still in Egypt. Um, they're not in the land that was promised to them. They're nomads. They're all wanderers. Um, they, they just they haven't got the kingdom that was talked about. They, they haven't been the blessing that they're supposed to be. They aren't yet a people. And yet Joseph says, I'm about to die, but God will do what he promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They're people of faith. They're, they're looking forward to what God's going to do, and they continue to do that. And yeah, they're, they're heroes of the faith, but listen, if you're hanging on to the promises of what God's going to do, you're just like that. You need to know that about yourself. And we talked about what's coming. So here's the last thing I want to end with. It's going to take me four minutes, five minutes. Bear, bear with me. I think it's worth it. Uh, we're going to get back to that passage I skipped with the question, where is the lamb? And so I want to point some things out to you in the scripture, back in Genesis 22, that you just can't write off as coincidence. And, and if we can begin to present to the world around us how epic this story is, I think it draws people to Jesus. I think it's the best way to do it. Better than any other sort of apologetic or argument is to show them the Bible story and how it fits together. So let's look at this. Uh, in Hebrews, I said it was verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promise was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it's through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abram, Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. All right. Here's that story in Genesis 22. And you should go and read it. And it's a hard story, so people, oh, I know they don't even like the sound of it, but it's so amazing. Some time later, God tested Abraham, and he said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. God said, take your son, your only son, your one and only son. You know one and only son language? It's, okay, that's about Jesus, right? At some level. Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain, I will show you. And that's where people go, oh, this is a hard story. But let me clue you into some things. The region of Moriah is where the temple is built. Moriah, that mountain, is where the temple ends up being built. And that's where all the sacrifices that will take place in the future. And it's the place where Jesus will ultimately be crucified and die. So know that 
This is happening hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before the event. All right? And then it continues on. Verse 4. On the third day, let me give you another clue when you're reading the Old Testament. Anytime you see third day, stop what you're doing and go, that means something, because it always does. The third day in the Scripture, you know, we know it's the day Jesus was raised from the dead, but it's, it's a decision day if it's not that. It's a day of life or death consequence. It's always a significant day. And whenever you see third day, stop. Abraham looked up and saw the place, Mount Moriah, in the distance. Keeps going. Verse 5, he said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Not I might show up. We will come back to you. It's a, it's a picture of resurrection because Isaac, Abraham is confident no matter what. He knows the promise and he knows that it comes through Isaac. So no matter what happens, even if God has to raise him from the dead, he thinks that's what he'll do. That's what the writer of Hebrews was talking about in verse 19. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the death. Listen. Okay, let me keep going. I said, well, that's, is that a coincidence? Somebody coming back like that? I don't know. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. And the two of them went on together. Abraham takes the wood for the offering and he puts it on Isaac's back. And Isaac has to carry it up the mount to the place of the sacrifice. Do you know anybody else who has to put some wood on their back and carry it up to the place of the sacrifice? What a coincidence. I don't think so. He goes up that very same mountain to the very same place. Verse 7. Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Daddy? (laughs) Yes, my son. Abraham replied, The fire and wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Where's the lamb? Because Isaac is, you know, he's probably getting a little uncomfortable at this moment. Because he's not sure what's going on. And, And... Where's the lamb? And listen to what Abraham says. God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. So they're heading on the story. You're reading the story. The next few verses are tough, but God says don't do it. And then in verse 13, if you're reading the story, you're looking for something to happen that you think God's going to do, right? You think there ought to be a lamb in the story because that's where they're going on. Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its thorns, and he went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So there's a ram, and it's not a lamb, though, and you could go, well, you could sort of reason, well, you know, a ram is an adult sheep, and a lamb is a baby sheep, and it's probably close enough. But the words are different, and there's a reason there's something different there, because the ram wasn't the lamb. Abraham called that place the Lord will provide, and this day, to this day, it said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. What will be? The lamb. The lamb that we're waiting for. And that's when John the Baptist, when it's recorded for us in the, in the Gospel of John, when John the Baptist sees Jesus, he makes the connection and he says, Behold, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Amen. It's like, <gasps> listen. You, there's too many connections to be coincidence. 
in divinely inspired literature. It all points to a God who has a plan and who knows what's going on. And if you read the story that way, it gets bigger and better and bigger all the time. And it's exciting and you get passionate about reading it. You look forward to finding connections because that's what's going to help people come to know Jesus. The Lamb of God. We didn't get him back in Genesis 22 because he's going to show up when Jesus arrives on the scene, the Lamb of God. The ram was temporary. Jesus comes, and he's the perfect Lamb of God we've been waiting for. How cool is the Bible? You get it? It's filled with stories like that. There are more stories like that, more connections like that in the Bible than I will ever be able to cover together with you. But you can if you start to dig in. You can begin to uncover some of them. That's my hope. Ask Holy Spirit and lead and guide and get excited about what you're reading. Connections run through it and point to the whole thing. We'll get to more next week. I've got to finish there. Ministry team, head over to the wall. Uh, ministry team is here to pray for you. If you need anything, they'll make sure that you get it. Just go up and ask for prayer and they will pray with you and for you. Let me say this. Our way into his story. Jesus invites us into his story. He's done everything that we needed to be reconciled to God. He came, lived a life that we couldn't, went to the cross, defeated death. He's defeated the power of sin. And then he invites us in. And the way that we respond to the invitation is say, Yes, Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? That's it. He's done all the work. Ours is a faith response, just like it always has been. Faith. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? If you've never prayed a prayer like that, please do it now. Best decision you will ever make. It's your way into the best story that there's ever been or ever will be. His story can be your story. Good word. There's probably some young people out there that you want to do that today after you've heard the story. You want to know the epicness. Go get prayer. Tell them you want to ask Jesus into your heart. But if you need prayer for anything, financial, emotional, physical pain in your body, let someone pray for you today. Amen? Amen. Good job. Okay. Church, thank you for your generosity. No, I missed it. And where'd it go? Let's see. I don't have it. So there's ways to give, but thank you for your generosity. You guys are awesome. Thank you for your faithfulness to giving, tithing, offering. Let's sing doxology and we'll dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. Have a great rest of your weekend. These doors will be open for you. Head out that way. Prayer's over there. Love you guys. See you soon. Bye-bye. God bless you guys. And uh, I worked up a sweat. You did. I did. <laughs> a I, was, I was going at it. Yeah, that's a great story. More next week. Exodus through Kings. Oh, there's some amazing stuff we're going to tap into. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.